welcome to this week's message from a new church. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our website, newchurch.nz. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this message. I want to jump in this morning to John chapter 6. Um, and I'm just going to uh, pull out some parts of pretty much uh, most of John chapter 6 and uh, gloss across and summarise some of uh, John chapter 6 for you this morning. So here we are, Jesus is feeding the 5,000. Uh, sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is uh, some special other sea. Uh, why do they have to give really complicated names in the Bible? You know, just... just Make it simple and don't give everything two names. Anyway, uh, just a point, Jesus. I you know, just want to take that on board here. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. That's what I love about Jesus is that when he drew a crowd, people's lives were transformed. People's lives were healed. And, uh, and that caused a crowd to want to follow him. One of the reasons that I have been so passionate to push into signs, wonders, miracles, is that I wanna see people come into a place where they're ready and they're prepared to hear the gospel. Uh, rather than repent or go to hell on a billboard, which I don't think is terribly effective, I look at Jesus's method was that he went and helped people. Uh, and so he, he had this crowd that were following him uh, because of the miracles they had seen. And then, you know, we, we know well the story of the feeding of the 5,000, so I'm not going to go into that. Uh, cool little side note, don't know if you've ever picked up on this, the 12 baskets that were picked up afterwards of, uh, of the breaking of the bread, and there's 12 picked up. And then in the other count, is there are seven picked up. Um, and some theologians would tell us that that was in symbolism of the 12 tribes of Judah and the seven Gentile tribes. Um, and that there was bread that was overflowing for both groups of people. Cool wee, cool wee side note um, there. I don't know if you've ever picked up on that one. Um, so anyway, they pick up the, uh, the five, and uh, sorry, they pick up the 12. And then at the end of that account, it says, after the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. So you've got a crowd that are following him. They're amazed by the miracles that he is doing. But then there's that really fascinating part there where they were actually about to come and make him king by force. They were like, you are the answer to the oppression and to, uh, to the slavery, I suppose you could say, that we are living after. And it doesn't matter what needs to happen here, you need to be our king. Whether you want to be or not, you're going to be our king. Uh, there's some pretty powerful sort of words there. Um, now, Jesus disappears. He whoops across the other side of a lake, doesn't take a boat. Uh, the disciples hop on a boat. They paddle across. And, uh, and then the crowd come down in the morning and they're like, where's Jesus? There's only one boat has gone. He must have gone to the other side. Some boats turn up. I don't know. There's, there's parts of the Bible that are never explained. I go, these boats turned up with people and then all the crowd sort of commandeer these boats and take them over to the other side. I said, did, did they pinch the boats? Does anybody else read the Bible and just go, 
Did they ask permission? It doesn't say. It probably doesn't matter. Move on, Chris. So when they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? He said, very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed. Okay, so they've moved on from now, the signs being performed, and, and what does he say they're after now? Because you saw the signs performed, I performed, but because you uh, ate the loaves and had your fill. Okay, so was it the crowd are now chasing after him because he's giving away a free feed? These guys are getting shallower by the moment. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. So then he starts into uh, a bit of a discourse about him being the bread of life. Uh, And then I'm I'm not going to go into that um, pretty much at all, other than I want to just grab a patch out of the middle of this discourse that he's giving. I mean, you guys are familiar enough with this, okay? Um, and if you're not, just go and have a look at John chapter 6 and go, oh yeah, okay, that's cool. Um, All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me, and this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none. A really interesting part to be in there, when if we turn over the page, if you happen to have the same Bible as me, which you probably don't, so it may well be on the same page. He then goes on and he says, you know, pretty much they, they're having a hard time digesting this because he's essentially saying, eat my flesh and drink my blood. Now, I like to, when I read the Bible, put myself in there as the crowd or somewhere looking on to this. I'm probably climbed up a sycamore tree looking, looking down, just going, what are you getting at? And I can imagine standing there and somebody saying, eat my flesh and drink my blood. And I would probably be heading for the hills. And then I'd be straight on Facebook. Because that's where you put all important information these days. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just, I'm just particularly naughty. And if I'm naughty enough, I will not get asked to speak again, and then I won't have to give hard words. <laughs> so, anyway, so they're having a hard time with this. He goes, does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing, the words I've spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. So he gives them a big out there. He's like, guys, I'm not talking literally. I'm talking about something from the Spirit here. But in verse 66, it says, From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. And he looks at the 12th. And he says, do you want to leave too? And Simon Peter, I love these words. He just looks at him and he says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. I'll save you from the next wee verse there, which is a, a bit of a clangor as well. So 
We've got a crowd that are following him because they've seen signs, wonders and miracles. We have got a crowd that are then are following him because they get, basically they get a free feed. Now they're tying this into the whole thing that happened with Moses and, uh, and manna turning up every day. Uh, and, uh, and they're thinking, well, this is how he is going to sustain us as we go through a wilderness. This time we're only gonna take 11 days because we wanna get into the promised land where you are king a whole bunch, uh, a whole bunch quicker. Hopefully that is what they're thinking. They're learning from uh, their past mistakes. But the crux of what God was showing me this week is that there are a whole bunch of, fo- of us who are following us, following Him, because we've seen what we can get out of it. <laughs> I was like, oh. We've seen that, you know, if, if we need a miracle, well, then we've got somewhere to go for. If, uh, if the budget's short, well, then we've got someone who's going to come and have our back. Um, but if there's anything that Jesus does is He ratchets things right up and He says, guys, that, that yep, you can. I'm not going to lose you over that. Follow me. Yep, come on. If, 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 you, if that's as much as you want, then, then you can have that. But actually in this time and in this season, What I am looking for is a company of people who are willing to take on the tough part of my teaching and who are willing to go on when things are uncertain and when some of the the trials and tribulations come who will not turn and walk away because it is those people that I want to inherit something that is so powerful that it will transform the face of the planet. But there's a purity I need in it in order to release that to them. And I had to stop and I had to think, especially through this year, how much have I followed Jesus because of simply what I can get out of it? I like to think I've dedicated my life to Him. 30 odd years of, uh, of ministry. I like to think that I've dedicated my life to Him. But when I look on my heart through some of this year, I recognise that actually I'm very much interested in what I get out of it. And God is saying, Chris, if you want to go and if you want to lead in the next season, I'm asking you to trust me when things don't go as you wanted them to go when trials and tribulations do come, where the world does get locked up in some of those things that you want and you enjoy, you can no longer have for a period of time, will you still follow me faithfully? See, I've been intrigued that I'm not hearing a lot of prophecy coming out from key prophetic voices. There's there's a little smattering. Um, and I don't count myself as a prophet, but I certainly count my one, myself as one who will push in and try and hear the Word of God on behalf of other people. Um, and so I was surprised this week when God gave me this message and said, Chris, I want you to deliver it. So I want to just drop another uh, chunk of Scripture there, and then we'll see if we can pull something together with this that resembles uh, something intelligent. Uh, I'm going to jump back to Luke chapter 19, the parable of the ten miners. While they were listening to this, he went on to tell them a parable because he was near Jerusalem and the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. (laughs) 
He said, a man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then to return. So he called 10 of his servants and gave them 10 miners. Put this money to work, he said, until I come back. But his subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we don't want this man to be our king. There is no doubt that there is a, a, a significant company of people in the globe at the moment who hate our king. And I'm not talking about they don't understand that there's actually a, there is a direct, we do not want him as our king. He was made king, however, and returned home. Then he went, then he sent for the servants to whom he had given the money in order to find out what they had gained with it. The first one came and said, sir, your miner has earned 10 more. Well done, my good servant, his master replied. Because you have been trustworthy in a very small matter, take charge of... Ten cities. The second came and said, Sir, your miner has earned five more. His master answered, You take charge of five cities. Then another servant came and said, Sir, here is your miner. I have kept it, laid it away in a piece of cloth. I was afraid of you because you were a hard man. You take out what you want, uh, take out what you did not put in and reap what you did not sow. His master replied, I will judge you by your own words. You wicked servant, you knew, did you, that I am a hard man taking out what I did not put in and reaping what I did not sow. Why then didn't you put the money on deposit so that when I came back, I could have collected it with interest? Then he said to those standing by, take his miner away from him and give it to the one who has 10 miners. So they said he already has 10. He replied, I tell you that to everyone who has more will be given, uh, but as for the one who has nothing, even what they have will be taken away. But those enemies of mine who did not want to be uh, me to be their king over them, bring them here and kill them in front of me. There's some parts of the Bible that I really wish weren't in there. Um, Mark Twain said some people have problems with the parts of the Bible they don't understand I've always had a problem with the parts I do uh, Mark Twain not a great theologian I don't, I don't think he was a lover of Christ but uh, I thought that was a very good statement um, I, I would prefer that wasn't in there because that's flipping challenging and, and I don't like how that ends But this is what God was speaking to me as I was out walking. He was like, Chris, we can go for the benefits and that's great. I'm a God of love and I will pour out my benefits. We can go for the food being supplied. I'm a God of love and I will pour out my food to those who need it. But Chris, for those that I'm going to put in charge of cities, there is always a test if we want to go and we want to inherit more of the kingdom and be a part of global transformation, then there comes a test of what will you do with my body and what will you do with my, and with my blood? And he started to show me that the, the, the thing that we have been entrusted with, which is the most valuable thing that the king has given us right now, is his blood and his body. And what are we going to do with that? 
Leviticus 4, 6 has been coming at me for the last 12. Every time we go into lockdown, God gives me Leviticus 4, 6. And and I've struggled to comprehend and understand what he is getting at it. And basically it's when the the priest sins by accident, he can dip his fingers in the blood seven times, sprinkle it on the sanctuary, on the opening into the sanctuary, into the the inner inner chamber. Um, And that will sanctify him in order that he can still enter. And God has been saying to me, Chris, the blood has been given to you. I have made the way. If you want to come into a deeper level of intimacy, then all you have to do is use the blood. All you have to do is access the blood. So there's a call and there's an opportunity at the moment. If we want to go on a deeper intimacy, and if we want to go places where we don't necessarily understand and may not even see the goodness of God being poured out, how we would expect it to be, then He wants to take us in so that we can be put in charge of cities. And if we will join together and be His body, which is to be a formidable force on this face of this planet. Jesus believed in His body so much that He gave everything for it. And we are that body. We are the body of Christ. And God was saying to me, if the the body of Christ wants to bicker about the small things. How can I put them in charge of the big things? And so as I'm, I'm walking around, God says to me, I come across overgrowing grass and fitness equipment and I was annoyed. I was annoyed. I was like, what's the council doing? You know, this should be, this should be trimmed. It is springtime. The reason I was so annoyed by that was because when I went out to one of my favourite beach places on the weekend, and, uh, and there was just like these picnic tables, I love this beach place, picnic tables here, and they're all amongst tall grass. I'm like, has someone fallen asleep in the grass cutting division? <laughs> so so I'm, I'm annoyed because this is not convenient for me. But God said to me, Chris, that is exactly what is going on in the body of Christ at the moment is that people are getting caught up in distractions. There are things that have distracted and they're not recognising that actually I'm shifting the season. And so my challenge for us today is when things don't work out as we think they will, will we still follow Christ? When it's not as convenient for us, and it's a little bit tough, and it's a eat my flesh and drink my blood, will we still follow Christ? Are we still going to stand there and go, i got nowhere else to go. you got the words of eternal life. I'm following you. And what did those 12 go and do? They went and they transformed. They set in place the New Testament body. Or are we going to get caught up in the distractions? And there are plenty of distractions around at the moment. Or are we going to go, okay, the season's changing. God's about to do something. I want to be a part of it. I'm going to follow Him. Thanks so much for listening. We hope it was an encouragement to you. To contact us or to find out what's happening at our church, please check out our website, renewchurch.nz.